0: Hi, I'm Nick Gregoriades, and this is the Jiu Jitsu Brotherhood, Brotherhood Podcast. The show for grapplers and martial artists that want to evolve both on and off the mat. Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Jiu Jitsu Brotherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Gregoriades, author of The Black Belt Blueprint and Beyond the Black Belt. And today's guest is Mike Pastor, a very high energy individual who has some. Fantastic tips on leading a positive lifestyle and creating healthy daily routines and habits that will help keep you young, fit and on the mats for as long as possible. Before we get into the episode, I just want to remind you that you can find both of my books and a whole bunch of other instructional programs for Jiu-Jitsu and some Jiu-Jitsu apparel including our new Enzo 3.0 Gi uh, jiu belts, rash guards, T-shirts, and hoodies at storejiu Use the coupon code PODCAST and you'll get 10% off anything in the store. And also, for those of you who don't know, I have an online academy. It's called The Master Academy and all my very, very best content, including all the seminars I teach around the world and all the lessons I teach are posted on there. You can get access if you head on over to jiu And use the coupon code, again, podcast, and you'll get 10% off any of the membership options over there. Okay, guys, enjoy Mike Pastor. Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Jiu-Jitsu Brotherhood Podcast. I'm here with my new friend, Mike Pastor, who is a very good brown belt and uh, an extremely interesting individual who trains at the Flow Life Academy with Mike Bidwell out in Denver, Colorado. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Good, my brother. So you're one of those episodes where um, I don't really know the guest very well, but there's too many people who've been telling me that they're a cool dude and they're an interesting person. uh, So I I can't pass up doing an episode with them. So let's start at the beginning, my man. Like, Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from?
1: Uh, I'm originally from Long Island, New York, uh, but I was raised a lot in in Virginia, Newport News, Virginia. Uh, Back and forth between New York and Virginia for most of my youth uh, ended in ended up in Cleveland for a while, and that's where I started jujitsu. Um, then back into New York City, then Puerto Rico. Then we traveled um, through Europe and Thailand for a while, <laughs> and now I'm uh, I'm here in Colorado. So nice. I um I I'm a yoga teacher. I teach um, movement and conditioning. Um, I'm I'm very big into joint mobility um, and training for longevity. Being that I'm 43 years old. And I like to be wow.
0: extremely active. so. Wow, 43, huh? I never would have, would have guessed. I mean, I, we rolled recently at a seminar I was teaching there at uh, Flow Life. And I remember the thing I said to you after the roll is that I could sense that your physique was very balanced and, and integrated. You weren't overly developed in any area or um, everything was just in balance, which is I find quite rare when it comes to Jiu-Jitsu. Oh.
1: Well, thank you. Well, my, my fitness career, and my jiu-jitsu career have been running very parallel. Um, it's I pretty much started them around the same time, my fitness a little bit earlier, uh, and I was very much a white belt for a long time. Um, and it's just weird how like jiu-jitsu is open, opens up so many doors and so many opportunities, but it also has opened up my eyes to so much about how I want my body to feel, what's important for me um, as far as how it looks and what I can do. Uh, and I and I want to be doing the things that I like to do into my 80s and 90s. Like that's that's the plan. So that's how I care wow. take myself through the day.
0: Interesting. So uh, before we get into your routine and, and what you do to to stay in shape, um, you said you want to s- stay uh, in shape until your 80s and 90s. And it's my understanding that the only way that that can even come close to being done is uh, through bioidentical hormone replacement. Um, and <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if it's a field of interest of yours. It's something I'm starting to consider more and more. In fact, I think the next guest on the podcast is going to be uh, a TRT um, specialist. I'm just wondering if, if that's something you have any experience with or if it's something that you'll eventually consider doing or.
1: I will. I don't have. I don't have any experience with it now. I do know some. Pe- me personally, I do know some people that have gone through TRT. I'm trying. I'm trying to squeeze the most out of what I can get naturally. So like now, I, I don't take any supplements. It's. I'm very. I'm not very. I don't want to say I'm strict on my diet. Like I'm very rigid, but I, I do have very good guidelines that I follow and that I stay within. Um, as far as what I'm eating, and I, I don't generally drink alcohol maybe once a month, maybe once every three months, and that's like a beer, a drink, um, so I could see down the line, if it seemed like it would be an issue, that that would be something I need to do, and I did further research, but like right now, it's, and I mean, my wife is 10 years younger than me, it doesn't seem to be, <laughs> doesn't well, seem to be, it doesn't seem to be an issue, I, I feel fantastic, I feel better now, great. I can one hundred percent honestly say I feel better now than I did ten years ago. Like that's so.
0: fantastic. No, that's really cool. So let's let's drill into that a little bit. So the you you mentioned that you 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 um, reasonably strict with your nutrition. What is what are those guidelines that you stay within?
1: Well, I I always tell people it's 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 not that it's not the one meal. It's not the day. So I want to make sure half my plate is going to be vegetables, and that's with breakfast I, I know a lot of people have like i'll have a huge with breakfast that doesn't that doesn't bother me so lots of vegetables um, i'm very picky on the animal pro- proteins that i eat i'm i'm not a fan of CAFO farming I, I don't know if you're familiar with how we do our mass farming here with cattle yeah, and yeah it's 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 terrible it's a
0: travesty it's it's, a, it's, it's an abomination
1: i would I would actually on a side note i would actually like to work with vegans of getting rid of that most non vegans are very much against that. And I think we could actually find like a middle ground and, and kind of like fixing our fixing that first before anything else. But that, that's another side note, but I, I'll, I'll, go out of my way. We go out of our way. We don't cut corners on the quality of our food. We, we are definitely quality over quantity. Um, we do a lot of research on the, on the farms that we get our, our food from. I mean, we're, we're a little, we can get a little goofy with that. Um, but it's definitely big for us to eat local, eat a lot of greens, eat, um, if we're going to eat animal proteins, it's grass-fed, no hormones, no antibiotics, um, making sure that I'm getting in a good amount of fruit, making sure that I'm eating for performance and not eating to look a certain way. That seems to be a big pitfall for a lot of people. They're so concerned with how they look, and they'll cut back on carbohydrates is the big devil right now, and fats, or whatever it may be, but really finding something balanced and that works for you, and it's about habits. I I can't create a meal plan that's going to work for you that you're going to stick to forever. Like I, you have to define the right habits that work best for you. Um, lots lots of water, lots of sleep. Sleep is another one. I don't, uh, we don't cut corners on, um, an hour before bed, no electronics. Um, I, we just got a delivery of uh, blackout shades in our room. Um, nice. and then it's, uh, eight hours at least eight hours, at least to sleep and we get up nice and early and we start our morning to watch the sunrise. It's, We've set our life up and we set our we set our life up and then we fit work around life. Is our kind of how we try to approach it and it seems to be working for us so far.
0: Yeah, I think that is all fantastic advice. I mean, just so we can give make it a little bit more actionable for people listening who want to make some changes. Uh we've got the the sleep and the, stop using electronics an hour before bed. Mm-hmm. Um let's let's talk about back to the nutrition. Uh You've told us a lot about what you do eat. Is there anything that you you absolutely refuse to eat that that you that you think anyone listening would benefit from cutting out?
1: Ah, uh, I mean, it's all going to be a personal prep. So I have a really bad sweet tooth, so we don't keep sugar and, and those things in the house. But I like them. I don't like to tell people like never eat that because what happens when you tell a child never do? Right? They're gonna they're gonna go right to, they're gonna they're gonna go right right to it. So if it's how is this thing that I'm going to eat going to make me feel, right? That's really what it comes down to because how I feel is going to be how I project myself out into the world. If I feel good about myself, I'm going to have positive interactions with other people and then they're going to go on and they'll have positive interactions with other people and hopefully we we can kind of spread that around. But I I don't just gotta really, the alcohol, watch the alcohol. I, I feel, you know, I feel like that's a big, that's a big ager that the people that I know drink, they seem to age, exponentially faster than the people that i know that don't um that makes sense and just yeah just really watch watch your your junk food sugars like and, you know enjoy your lot like reese's cups enjoy your life but yeah you know where's the balance like if i'm just sitting on the couch enjoying ice cream how much of my life am i really enjoying so you got you know it's the balance that you got to find and what works really what's best for you i usually the first thing we tell people is take your morning take your morning back and um and that's, you know, get up in the morning, don't get right into the phone, move your body around and and find something that you like, that you can eat, that that sets you up for the day. So then when you go out into the world, you're giving 100 percent of yourself, not just 50 percent of yourself, not this I tired, undernutrition version of yourself. Like, I, I want all of you. I want all of you. I want all of you, you got. And I'm going to give you everything I got. You know, so I think um, starting off your day is a good way. And sometimes that means taking back your night by turning off the television early. Stop f- just feeding in and watching other people live their dreams, live, live your dream, figure out what that is. And like just 100% into it, man. You got one life, right? <laughs> what are uh, you waiting I, for?
0: <laughs> I, I totally agree. One of the things that's helped me a lot uh, to kind of take back my morning and my, my evening as well and subsequently gain more control of my life and more more happiness and, and help me move towards the fulfillment of my dreams is I've been tracking my habits using a little app called um, it's Habitify. It's mm-hmm. free, uh, free app on on the Android store and the Google and the iOS store. Okay. And basically, uh, there's something about so you basically set up which habits that you want to track. Mine's meditation and my morning walk, and uh, this other course that I'm doing. And then every time you complete it that day, you just tick it off. I mean it sounds it, it sounds simple and it is because if it's not simple you're not gonna stick to it. Right. But I notice just having that tiny little bit of accountability, like just being mm-hmm. able to cross the thing off in the app and then it shows me my progress and how many times I've completed something and just, I, it's so it's it's almost childish, but man, it, it works. It's like when you're a little kid and you'd get a gold star for doing something, you know, on your little, <laughs> your little board. I don't know, dude, it works and I think I want to add in some of the things you've suggested um, and and put them in habit habitify as well uh, so yeah anyone listening I, th- I think that that's something cool that you can start
1: well that's yeah you're you're absolutely right that's how I started putting meditation into my day. Um, I used the headspace app. And at the end of your meditation, you get like a little meme. So I was like, oh, I like posting these memes into my Instagram story. But the only way to do it is to do the meditation. So that little (laughs) posting that little meme was a reward for me to be able to say, like, look, guys, I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Like, and here's and then saying you track. I'm like, oh, wow, 60 days. And I really noticed how I felt different. And that was that was the beginning of me starting to take my morning back. So then I was like, all right, so I I have this meditation. Now what? I I think most people, they're a, a big problem I see, especially January 1st. Right. We start to overload ourselves with too much. One thing at a time, just one thing at a time. Like start with the meditation, start with breathing, start with taking a walk, start whatever, whatever it is, whatever is the easiest thing you can do, connect it to something that you already do, like a trigger, right? So I wake up, I wake up every morning, right? (laughs) Granted, the universe wants me to that day. I wake up in the morning. So that's my trigger. I woke up. So the first thing I usually do is I check my HRV. So I use a, a app called Morpheus. So this tells me my stress level, um, if I should train hard or easy that day, or if I should really take it or moderate. So that's usually the first thing that I do. So that, and then from there, I sit down and I do my meditation because with, when I train my HRV, I have to breathe and relax and let it. It takes about two and a half minutes to get its reading, and then I'm already set to do my meditation. So those things are connected. Then I get up and I walk, and then I get up and I grab my mat. And I go downstairs and I do yoga. And we have a in the building that I'm living in now, we have a little yoga room. So I'll go do about 45 minutes of yoga. And this is all about 6, 30, 7 30 in the morning. And then I am ready to rock and roll. I put myself first. The plane is going down. I put the mask on me first because I can't help anybody else if I don't. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so help. 100%. Yeah. Be, be, be selfish in the morning. Take care. I, I tell this to my wife all the time. Be selfish. Take care of yourself first. That way when we interact and we start to communicate and we start to work with other people and with each other like again it's it's all of us because we we mm-hmm. built ourselves in the morning so now we can give all of ourselves to other people and and that's the way it's going. I love it.
0: I, I love it Mike. I I noticed there's a few few people in my network who they have similar um, not always identical but similar morning rituals and every single one of them is as you said moving towards the fulfillment of their dreams and it's just they're they're vibrating at a higher frequency yeah, i think it's so it's so so important i notice if i like i have this one one morning ritual which is to take a walk i take an hour long walk mm. uh near near my house as a little park and um i just give thanks and i do some deep breathing and on the days that i do that and the days that i don't it's it's completely completely different experience the my human experience is something totally mm-hmm. different and all it takes is that one change however I get it I have, a, I have a specific set of circumstances I don't have to be at a specific location for a job at 9am or 8am right. like the average person mm-hmm. and I think you're probably the same mm-hmm. um, I guess for someone who's exhausted they're working a tough stressful job they might only get to bed at 11 and then they've got to wake up at 6 to get to start mm-hmm. their uh, preparations to go to work what do you say mm-hmm. to them? I mean, they, they, for them to wake up at five and miss that hour of sleep to do yoga and stretch and oh yeah, things, it's a tough ask, right?
1: No, that is abso- absolutely. Um, unfortunately, some people with their careers, they're, they're kind of pushed into this funnel where I, I get that a lot. They're like, yeah, yeah, you know, you've set your life up this way, but for them to kind of backtrack or kind of find a new avenue seems very unrealistic um, to them. So the first thing I'll tell people when they tell me I absolutely have no time first thing let's all right let's evaluate what you mean by no time and let's give me i'll give you a sheet a 24-hour sheet and just every hour just put in what you're doing you could write a line from nine to six or nine to seven and just write work if if through there if you want but i guarantee you we will always find an hour or two hours or something here 30 minutes here there where you're scrolling on your phone where you're watching television where you're just you're not using your time advantage and i get it like oh i want i'm come home from a hard day of work let me put on this television mindless show and just kind of unload i know it may seem that way it may seem like that you're putting on this but especially if you're watching cable tv there's agendas coming at you commercials that's like buy buy purchase stress 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 your brain's not shutting off your brain's not relaxing most of the people we meet, the first thing I see is that they're vertical breathers, which means they're walking around at like a 7 or an 8 out of 10 all day long, just ready to snap. They, they, they haven't seen the parasympathetic state in their life probably in weeks. So those people, is first, let's, let's look at your day. Let's, let's seriously be critical of what you're saying because this is very important. Don't blow this off. Don't just say, I have no time. Let's let's look and see where you have the time. And if if you're using the time and it's it's servicing you best and start to find 15 minutes, give me 15 minutes to set up five minutes to set up your meditation, five minutes to actually meditate and then five minutes to do whatever else. All I want is just start right there, because you'll see that'll start to grow, because when you realize that, hey this actually feels pretty good. And I see how this is reverberating into the rest of my life. You're going to start looking for other times in your day as well. And five five gratitude snacks, right? Man, in my 20s and a teenager, I was a very unpleasant person. I I had a very unsatisfactory youth like like most youths, right? So I I was always grumpy and I wasn't grateful for the things that I had. I was always looking at what I didn't have and someone else had and and how this opportunity was unfair that they got it, and I didn't get it. And and I know we all go through these phases in our life, but just take five minutes to go, wow, I, I, got a, I got an awesome wife. I come in my door. My dog goes insane every time I do. That's that's fantastic. My My daughter gives me 16 hugs a day. Like, I have a great life. I get to go and wrestle in my pajamas. Like so just find the things that are that are that make you feel good and just five minutes here, five minutes there, and again, those things will grow Hit the floor, give me ten push ups. You got ten seconds, you can give me ten push ups. You can find the time. You just you have to understand like like care about yourself. Really, really care about yourself. Because if, if you can't really care about yourself, how are you really gonna care about anybody else? You can't. I don't Yeah, know. we had a
0: we had a previous guest on the show, uh who, if I'm honest, you remind me a little bit of, uh, of him. His name's John Hines. He okay. runs the Monkey Bar Gym in um, Yes, <laughs> Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, very. You guys are very similar. Very, very, even look kind of similar. And he always <laughs> says uh, he lives his life by the motto "I before we before all." And mm-hmm. I think there's something to that. You know, there's sometimes certain people have accused me of being selfish, but the way I think about it, yeah, if if I'm not in a good state, if I'm not happy and healthy. What good am I to anyone?
1: And then exactly. I'm just a
0: burden on people. If I'm like miserable and grumpy, or you know, and that that, that just makes yeah. the other people around me it, it drags them down. I don't bring them up. Yeah. So there, there is, I think, selfishness has selfishness can be used constructively. Um, obviously, you don't want to you don't want it to get out of control. But no, right, I, right. I really <laughs> appreciate that, Mike. So uh, you're you're always. It sounds to me like you're one of those guys who's always on the cutting edge of of. Um, health and, and nutrition and, and different paradigms to, to stay in the best shape possible I wanted to try the, the new thing you're working with when I was out there in, in Denver but I didn't get a chance to as my schedule was really packed but all of your, your uh, teammates and Mike Bidwell himself were raving about the the new thing that you're using which is a, a form of uh, neuromuscular stimulation or neuromuscular re-education yeah, using a direct current is that correct?
1: That is correct. So this this technology, yeah, absolutely. So the the company um, is called NewFit. The machine itself is called the Newbie. Uh, It was created by a guy, uh, just an amazing individual, Garrett Salpeter, out of Austin, Texas. Well, created. Uh, the technology's been around since the '50s. They've always known that direct current versus alternating current would be better for you. Um, they just had to figure out how to make it less expensive. Um, there was a time where if they turned it too high, it would kind of burn the skin. So virtually, virtually every stem device on the market now, like a tens unit, um, or, or what's the other, or e-stim, yeah, they they're alternating currents, right? So. With an alternating current, yeah, if me and you get on the machine, we're going to get pretty much the exact same result. It's like if, you know, me and you both stuck our finger into a socket, we'll get the exact same result. But with the direct current, this is the same frequency that I'm sending that your brain is already sending to your muscle. So with this, I can actually lengthen the muscle or contract the muscle. We can heal. Um, we can help you recover from injuries uh, about 40 to 75% faster than what we have typical in the market. It allows us also to diagnose and find, it's basically neuromuscular blocks in the in neuromuscular system. Um, so it takes out the guesswork. So we can really like advance your muscular injuries very quickly. Uh, and it's, and it's amazing. And then once we go from that, we can then put it into a more of a fitness protocol where, you know, we give you about a week's worth of exercise in 20 minutes. So if you're going to do wow. say a chest or something, you would do three to five sets of chest with the machine on and that's it like no more you know, i don't have to then do a decline and then incline and then fly like that's it i can do three to five sets of push-ups and I, the the pump and the blood and the, it just it's it's amazing so it's a very big time saver um but like i said it, it the 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 ability to heal these neuromuscular in- injuries is amazing um we help mike with his shoulders wife sheena with her neck uh, you know, we're working with Chris with his, his back. Um, I saw him last night. He's doing amazing. Uh, I've worked on it myself all, all the time. Um, cause I have always had foot issues. I have really bad arches. I was born that way, I guess, but it, it's just, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's one of those things what you kind of is- really got to get on. Yeah. You just really got to yeah. get on it. I, I met this guy about two years ago at a paleo effects down in Austin and I was, and I was kind of walking around really like making fun of some of the stuff. Because it's like, oh, you know, paleo, all natural. Have this paleo bar. Have this paleo powder. And um, I come across this booth, uh, this new fit booth, and I'm like, what's going on here? And I had just like injured my ankle in jujitsu. Someone had rolled over it. Someone training next to me rolled over it, and I had an inversion sprain. So the inside of my ankle was extremely swollen. Um, so I met these guys. I was like, you know, they were telling me about it. So, yeah, let me see. Put it put on my foot. And I couldn't believe just in 15 minutes the, the amount of the reduction of the pain that I had. So then I started going around the convention center and just grabbing people and putting them on there. I was like, come here, you. Come here. Go over there. Check this out. Um, That's was, cool. We were extremely interested. Um, so we eventually went down last year to Austin uh, to work with them and learn from them. And, yeah, now we're, we're really happy to offer this to the people in Denver. I mean, jujitsu practitioners, great. they have no idea how how beneficial. This is to them and just to every, everybody. What is,
0: so, so, you've been working with quite a few Jiu Jitsu athletes. Uh, and so, I, I guess it's a two part question. And, and the first is um, what do you notice? What commonalities do you notice in um, uh, problems with the, the neuromuscular system in Jiu Jitsu athletes? And okay. B, how does, this, how does this machine help?
1: Well, the first things that I always notice, especially with brand new practitioners, is their inability to breathe properly and their inability to move. Strength is never the issue, right? You get these guys, they come in, it's just 100% muscle, you never really see that. It's always some kind of shoulder issue from some past trauma, or maybe it's, uh, you know, how they work, their computer, they work on the computer. So with, or how they breathe, like they'll create tightness in the upper body where because they're vertical, again, vertical breathers versus horizontal breathers. So what I see a lot is, They'll, they're basically reshaping the shoulder joint because of the position that their shoulders in all day, and it pinches down on the muscle and can cause shearing. So one of the things that we're able to do is is relieve the pain and then start to use techniques to put the shoulder back into place and reshape that AC joint. So, yeah, but,
0: but it's, breathing, it's, uh, <laughs> okay.
1: and, and, uh,
0: and I'm guessing you you see a lot of issues with the hips as well.
1: Oh yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, a lot of hip stuff, knees, uh, tons of knees. Um, we can we can do. There's, oh man, I'm, I want to give you the exact numbers, but it's about th- two, three weeks faster of recovery, three or four weeks faster recovery from your typical ACL MCL injury. Um, we can wow. have with the machine, yeah. So we can we can get you back fairly quick, but you know it takes. Be smart. We have to figure out also what is what caused the original injury. Um, and then, you know, make sure that it, and a lot of it is just lifestyle. It's mostly lifestyle that I see. So every, every, yeah, you're doing,
0: I'm going to, next time I'm in Denver, I'm going to take you up on that offer of trying it out, man. I'm sorry. I couldn't do it in this past trip. Um, you know, uh, Mike, we're, we're coming close to the, um, the end of the show, but I wanted to ask you about your experiences in Puerto Rico because, mm. uh, Chris, uh, our mutual friend relayed a little bit about what you guys, what you and your wife went through while you were there. You,
1: you're apparently in in the hurricane. Is that correct? So my wife and my daughter were actually in the hurricane, um, which for me was a, night, a nightmare because I couldn't get in touch with them at all. So we we moved down there. We uh, th- the backstory is we were working in in New York City, primarily in Tribeca. Have you ever been in New York City? You can start to re- Many times, you get, yeah. right? It can be very yeah. tense. Right, where when we talk about negative attitudes can be contagious, this like, yeah, this is the mecca, right? <laughs> so we were like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were like, we're gonna move to Puerto Rico, and you know, we want to bring our skills and you know, and our experience down to, you know, to the, the Caribbean, and we wanted a little bit of that Caribbean beach life ourselves, you know. Hundred percent. So, yeah. Um, we met an amazing black belt uh, from Brazilian top team Canada down there, Locke, and we opened up. He's a black belt under Fabio Helinda um from brazilian top team in montreal is montreal i think um but he uh so we opened up a, a, a gym down there we me and my wife taught movement-based classes um and he taught jiu-jitsu and then the hurricane so i was in i was in Connecticut. i'm not Connecticut i was in cleveland actually doing a workshop my wife and my daughter were there i was supposed to meet them down a few days later the hurricane comes um i had lost total contact with them her knowing me we after we we had made contact with that She knew I was on my way. So it took me four days to get down there. I had grabbed my nephew. had just got out of the Marines. We met up in Atlanta. We got uh, a few satellite phones. We met another gentleman. We we got 10 suitcases of supplies, uh, diabetes medications, diapers, um, cliff bars, high calorie drinks, like all uh, powders, all kinds of things like that, candles. Um, And we were able to get The plane, the plane that we were on coming from Atlanta going into San Juan, we were able to get the flight deemed a relief flight versus a revenue flight, which it originally was, because not only us, but the plane was filled with citizens, like good, good citizens, like packing everything they could trying to get down there. Because if you've ever been to Puerto Rico or lived down there and you understand what that hurricane would do and the the topography of the land and uh, the infrastructure, you knew it was going to be a problem. So everybody that was off island was like, like, oh, my God, we have to get there. So four day it took us. I got there on the fourth night. Um, So we lived on the other side of the island in a town called Rincon. And we flew into San Juan because our airport on our side of the island was destroyed. The the radio towers were down. So we had to fly in extremely low. Um, I don't know if you ever see the ocean from when you fly in a jetliner, but it's pretty scary when you're looking out the window and it looks really close because we had to fly in really low. Um, so we flew in. Then we had to find someone to drive us to the other side of the island. We ended up paying a cab driver like 400 bucks to load up his van and to drive to the other side of the island. It looked looked like the island had been set on fire. There was no green. All you saw was sticks sticking out of the ground from the trees and just flattened over. I've never seen any devastation like that. I, I, all the people that politicize it, just, just stop it. You have no idea. You have no idea. I could see the top of the mountain El Yunque. I could see the, I could see the dirt. And this is a rainforest. And I could see it from the distance. I could see the dirt because it was, I mean, just completely wiped out. There was no, no green anywhere. It took us, it took us what typically takes us two, maybe two and a half hours on a bad traffic day to get to the other side of the island. It's only a hundred miles across. It took us about five and a half hours because parts of the highway were washed out. We'd have to leave, uh, get off the highway, ride through back roads. Now we're talking total darkness. There's no electricity whatsoever completely on the island. So pitch black. We're trying to figure out what town we're in. We're, we're back in the dinosaur days with road maps, you know, <laughs> like um, so we finally we drive through towns that we don't even see because it's so it's just so black. We finally get to where, to Rincon, where my wife um, was staying with some other friends. Our jujitsu professor was staying there with his family. They had all kind of hunkered down in this condominium complex. Uh, so we got there, super relieved that they were okay. The very next morning, we got up. We opened up our academy. We set up with the satellite phones we brought. We just opened the suitcases. We just told, and I, I, um, I brought down like, it was like 5000 in cash. We were giving out cash. For people to just go to any store that you see open by rice, buy beans. It was it was 12 days before the Red Cross made it to our town. So if, even if you prepared for a hurricane, what do you prepare? Four days, a week, 12 days. So people had no no food, no ATM to spit out money, no cell service to call anyone. I mean, completely, completely cut off from the world. I went to the police station and and I brought them the satellite phone and they were like, they don't have anybody to call. They were asking me. <laughs> They were asking me, have I talked to FEMA? And I'm like, what? So um, so this went on for a while. We, for a few days we did. We ran the phone for three days. We let people just line up. We would show up uh, in the in the late morning, and there would be a line outside of our gym of people that heard that we were letting them call. And we would just make, there's so many people here, three minutes. If you need some formula, grab some formula. If you need some aspirin, Band-Aids, um, we brought down a bunch of straw water filters. Grab that. Um, and once we ran out of supplies, we then um, we started calling, contacting our friends back in the States. Man, we have some beautiful friends. We have some really, really beautiful friends. They got a, a private jet fully stocked with, with supplies and had that flown in. And then we had to drive across to the other side, side of the island to get that. We had to pick that up in San Juan. Um, and at this point, it's it's all rumors. It's it got it was very it was very mad Maxie for a while. People were kind of going around mm-hmm. drilling holes in uh, gas tanks to get gasoline to run generators. If if you hear the story, you can kind of judge people like, oh my god, how could you do this? But you have a wife, you have children, like you have a home. You're trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Like there's no one, there's no one coming through the town giving you food. There's no one. Our mayor disappeared. You're, it's every man for himself, and then everybody starts. And, and the community starts coming together. You saw restaurants opening up, cooking their food that they had and just giving it away to people because like there's, there's no electricity. What are, what are you holding on to? you know? Mm-hmm. So we had to, we're, we're getting room, our, our, we had a diesel delivery truck that brought diesel one day for our um, generator and they tried to carjack him. He had to pull a, a gun out on a group of guys that had blocked off the road. I, I, like I understand the desperation. So when we drove across the island to San Juan, I had my nephew who was a Marine with an AR-15 in the back seat, And the driver, the doctor with a Glock, the doctor with a Glock, driving, wow. driving the van. Because when we go on our way to drop, to pick up the supplies, we're also going to put my wife and my daughter on the plane. My, our friend, when her, her three small children and her father, who needs his medication... Um, Refrigerated, and then my aunt. So we're going to put all them on the plane to get them out of there. So then the the husbands and the men we're staying behind to continue help until they get. They were going to get the airline. The airlines were going to be back up because you couldn't leave the island if you wanted to unless someone sent in a plane for you. So wow. the amount, the amount of people that were were ability to put something like that together is very very small. So you were stuck there. You you really didn't have a choice. So. You know, we were collecting coconuts. Um, we'd have like basically potlucks. People were getting together, uh, big pots of rice and beans. I mean, the Puerto Rican people are beautiful people. Um, and then we, because of this, the gasoline situation, electrical situation, it was one point where we had to meet our, our doctor friend Alberto and his friend Efraim, who owns um, own one of the biggest plumbing supply stores on the island, we had to purchase a gas pump from a gas station to supply the police department with gasoline. And then we, <laughs> had to guard, wow. yes, then we had to guard the pump with the police for a couple nights so they could fill up so they could continue to patrol because they were out of gas. So wow. it was, it, yeah, it, 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 it was, a, it was the first two weeks were very hairy. And then the Red Cross started to show up. Then FEMA started to come to our side of the island. Um, and then everything started to relax. So then we we came back up and then we went down a few weeks later with more supplies and some generators and passed them out and then uh, we basically gave everything we owned away we gave our car away we gave our gym to our employees um, it didn't seem the power the power was very sketchy it just felt bizarre hmm. trying to run a business while the people behind me had no roof and people were starving with no food and no water
0: yeah uh, and I kinda, had- it reminds me. Uh- I mean, I think about this all the time, but some some of us forget just how how close we are that that fine line between the, just the the rule of law and the law of the jungle. Oh, you no know, idea. It's, it's just it's so close. No idea. I've heard this expression: we're we're only eight warm meals away from a revolution, mm-hmm. um, or three warm meals, or something like that. Mm-hmm. As soon as people start getting hungry, there's <laughs> there's going to be anarchy and chaos. I mean. I don't know. I don't think it'll ever get to that, but it does make me – I never take civilization for granted anymore, that's for sure.
1: No. I, I I tell you what. It After it was all said and done and a few months later and we were traveling, we were kind of sitting down and thinking about it. We really didn't think about how it impacted us. Like That was our gym. That was our baby. Those were our friends. And then we just kind of – we gave everything to everybody we could who lost things, who couldn't as easily replace them. Like we 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 have our health, we have our education. We could always come back up here and make money, you know. Um, so we were we were we were totally fine with that. We definitely had like like survivor's remorse in a way. Um, like man, we felt guilty that we could just leave and go. But then at, at the same time, I'm, I was like, wow, we know now that if shit hits the fan, we could answer the call and that we would step up without hesitation. Because we take That's care great. of ourselves, and we, mm. not a, it wasn't a second thought. Like, do we do we try to sell our stuff? Do we put it in this? What do we like? No, these people lost their stuff. You need a bed? You can have my bed. Your car got flooded here. I, we had like a two thousand two Explorer. Like, I wasn't giving away anything. <laughs> like, so I'm like, here, take take my take my car. Like, those things were just things. They're just things. These are people, man. These are these are real people with real lives. You know, like it's just. I I I wish we would kind of look at people more like that, and it's, everybody wants empathy when it's no, but it's so hard to see someone we don't know and be empathetic towards them. And just think about that. If that was your sister, brother, mother, cousin, whatever, and they were going through something, would you be so easy to dismiss them? Or would you want some stranger, would you want some stranger to be empathetic to them and give them a hand? Like, I don't think people think about that. They're like, oh, not my problem. Okay. It's fine but yeah. the way the universe works your problem one day until it is your problem right ex- Exactly exactly yeah. so yeah. just think of that think that's someone's child that's someone's mother father you know like be be a little more empathetic this is we're all we're all people these these symbols and these lines that we we use to identify us are, are just man made things man Yeah it's like, so true you know? so true it's like it is this so man- true yeah, don't worry about that stuff, it's not that important. It's like, we we you make the joke, right? If someone came from the next street over to fight me, my street would get together. If someone came from the next town, my, my town would get together. The next city, my city would get together. The next state, the state would get together, right? The next country, the country would get together. If an alien invasion came, then we would get together. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so just like, it's wild. Yeah, man, it's, it's just, we're, we're all people.
0: For sure, for sure. Mike, what a, what a pleasure was speaking to you. It's clear that you, um, you're on the right path as far as I can tell. If the people listening want to wanna find out more about you and what you do, where should they go?
1: Uh, you, can, you can always go to my website. It's primaletics.fit or you can check me out on Instagram, Mike Pastor underscore fit. Um, and those would probably be the two easiest places to find out whatever we're doing right now or, or my Instagram, Primaletics also. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Mike, thanks so much for your time, my brother. Blessings on you and your family, and thank you for everything that you've
1: done. Thank you, thank you. Same to you. Thank you very much for having me.
0: never ceases to amaze me how energy is such a contagious thing, or vibration is maybe a better word. You know, I'm starting to understand that all those uh, those myths and fairy tales about vampires were not really about an actual person who would go and drink your blood. Uh, they were more about people who would just suck your energy on an energetic level, and we all know them. We've all met them in our lives. People who just make you tired to be around. I know a few in particular in my life. Just even interacting with them on the phone just makes me really tired. Uh, and I think Mike is is the opposite. He's an example of the exact opposite. He's one of those people who energizes you. I mean, I know after speaking with him for for just 35 minutes, I'm I'm feeling great, and I want to go and do positive things, and, and stretch, and do my daily routines, and just uh, raise my vibration the way he raised mine, so it's, um, I think it's so important to spend time with people like that, and uh, I'm really glad that I have some of them, like, some people like that in my life. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks with um, a very cool guest called Jay Campbell, who is an expert on TRT testosterone replacement therapy which i think is something that's very important in the jiu community and uh that a lot of guys should or want to consider it but don't know too much about it as i said jay is one of the foremost experts and he's gonna he's gonna answer all of our questions okay guys peace out